Same thing with young voters. And I can't emphasize what you've said enough about this economy. This economy disproportionately hurts Americans, I think, under 35, under 40, who can't afford their first home, who, 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 who really can't afford to live the type of life that their parents lived, who see themselves falling further and further behind every single week. And they hear us talking about how great the economy is and what I hear an awful lot. And I know you hear an awful lot. I hear younger Americans saying, I'm not saying that I can't even afford to, to rent a house, let alone buy one. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I would put myself in that category, honestly. Um, it's it's very difficult. And I, I would also just say that, you know, the lack of real competition in American democracy at this point is a problem because, you know, if if those voters are looking at their choices as either Donald Trump yeah. or Joe Biden, and that's what the choices seem to be at the moment, the, the option is is clear, but they're being asked to swallow a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, and so there's there's no real alternative that's saying, you know, hey, I will I will attend to your needs because the Democratic Party has essentially, uh, I believe, for many years now. And this is this is not a new phenomenon. It has taken the votes for granted of both black people people of color in general and young people that hasn't changed. And as these numbers yeah. really, let me have it. Um, people, you know, vote on their lived experience. People, all this nonsense you hear, I jumped the guys on, uh, the circus on the last episode of that show after eight years, uh, or, you know, Hellman tries to come up with this trope. Oh, elections are about the future. That's all nonsense. Elections are about the lived experience of people. That's what I told him. This was weeks ago. The lived experience of the lived experience of people, and um, the uh, my able trusty assistant here, Captain Bannon, who's thank you very much, Captain Bannon, getting a thing of warpath for me. Um, the um, thank you, Mo. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, the lived experience of people and under thirty five years old, they know it's they know it's uh, they know it's horrific. The other thing's not calculated in there. I'm going to get Joe Allen up. And this is why the Sam Altman situation is so important. This thing about artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is going to cut through the job market like a Sith through grass. Uh, and the jobs are going to go are not the plumbers and not the carpenters and not the blue collar value added jobs of people with skills and crafts and craftsmen. The first wave is going to be administrative. It's going to be white collar. It's going to be lower white collar jobs. Uh, a lot of folks who went to college are going to be quite shocked that their college education didn't really prepare them for this. I tell you, the other thing is going to be cut into, and I know a lot of very smart programmers. Uh, I have a lot of people that are just amazing programmers, and they're sitting there going, hey, half of my job right now is managing the AI. In a couple of years, AI is going to be doing this. Uh, that the programmer, you know, it, teach to code. You got to teach people to code. That's the future. Teach to code. Not so fast, their shipmate. I think that's going to be so. The people under thirty-five are going to look at a not just these world crises of the of the financial what we've done to the balance sheet of the United States, which is going to impact them every day of their life going forward. Let me repeat just one thing: we're never going to pay down one penny of the face amount of the debt. That ain't going to happen. We're barely going to be able to keep up with the structure of how we've built this federal government and allowed this federal government and the administrative state to metastasize out of control. 
you're barely going to keep up with the interest payments. And we have to have massive cuts, and plus the deportation. This is one of the things I gave, as I say, the speech in Pinehurst. I think on Saturday I'm going to be able to break it down for everybody kind of and take and do some analysis as we break it down and I get to what the, the crisis is going to happen. And if you think there's problems on the campuses right now because of the uh, the Muslim Brotherhood's uh, war against the Israeli people, you ain't seen nothing yet, folks. Is Dr. Malone with us? Dr. Malone, you, you got a tweet out, if we can put it up. A, a number of things I know you want to talk about we've got today, and I, but I know you're pressed for time. I've got to talk to you about, and you were at, I think, the Romanian conference. You came out, you put a tweet out about 17, about the excess deaths. And this is something I think we've got vaccine injured, and now we have this concept, this thing about excess deaths. And you said that you've been able to analyze, it's, not, it's verifiable now that there were 17 million excess deaths that you guys can tie directly back to the vaccine just i want to explain that tweet explain what the receipts are in back of it because i know it's going to be very controversial so in the vaccine we know we have the vaccine injured and we know we've got the situation uh with potential excess deaths so walk me through that so what this is is dennis rancourt and his team in uh canada so it's a team of three PhDs. One's a former full professor academic who spent his entire career focused on all-cause mortality analysis. He has uh, extensive data going back to the turn of the century, so basically 1900. And together with his team, they have uh, performed many analyses of all-cause mortality and correlation with various factors. And uh, the announcement by the Nobel Prize Committee in awarding the uh, prize for medicine and uh, physiology triggered them uh, to examine the merits of the claim that 14 million lives had been saved by the vaccines. And these are guys that are hardcore analysts. Uh, They're doing similar stuff to what Ed Dowd does. But um, from the standpoint of doing it with the rigor that withstand peer review. And uh, they have a published peer-reviewed paper now focusing on the correlations that were asserted in a Lancet manuscript to support the claims from the Nobel Laureate Committee that 14 million lives have been saved. And they decided to go through that and dig in. And what they did was find that there were a number of artifacts, even though this is a peer-reviewed journal, uh, in a peer-reviewed publication that was used in published in 2022 that supported this thesis, what they found was that that was severely flawed in terms of its statistical analysis. And then they went beyond that and uh, analyzed, well, what actually has been the uh, attributable increase in all-cause mortality, like what Ed's been doing. Deaths is something that states tend to track quite rigorously. Uh, and it's a binary endpoint. You either died or you didn't die. We're not going to argue about how dead you are. And uh, so when they applied their uh, toolkit, uh, this is advanced statistics, uh, and done in, in a rigorous fashion by a well-established team, what they were able to document is not only was the paper wrong that there weren't 14 million lives saved, but in fact there were 17 million deaths attributable to the vaccine as they looked, as Ed Dowd has been doing, looked over time uh, at the increase in all-cause mortality that followed the deployment of the vaccine products. 
And what they did was they were able to compare different nation states. Uh, and that allowed them to uh, demonstrate that uh, there was this increase in all-cause mortality in those states that uh, deployed the vaccines. And they were able to take the uh, percent uptake of vaccines and uh, back calculate this in a rigorous way. And that's what gives rise to this excess all-cause mortality attributed to the vaccines in this uh, analysis of 17 million, as opposed to the Nobel Prize Committee's assertion that it was 14 million lives saved. Okay, hang, hang on one second. Slow down. This is what's so shocking. It's two things that are so shocking. And I want to make sure we get, go slow because this audience uh, needs to understand this. How what's shocking to me about this, the most shocking, because I'm no expert, but I see I read these peer reviewed journals and, I, you know, everybody sends them to me and I go through it as best I can. Uh, and I've got a couple of master's degrees from, you know, pretty reputable institutions. And I try to weave my way through it. The thing that's most shocking to me. So go back and explain this and correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Lancet one of the most revered? This is the British uh, Journal. Isn't it one of the most revered? Uh, peer-reviewed journals in the world about medicine and these types of things, when they eviscerate, I guess the Nobel Prize, this, this, they eviscerate the first part about the 14 million and show the serious flaws, and I mean grievous flaws. How does that happen? This gets back to this fourth-turning concept of lack of trust of institutions. How did that happen? Oh, we've had and how do these guys, it, it looks like, look, they're, oh, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're experts, but how do they how do they how do they eviscerate this? So what they did was they analyzed the statistical models, the calculations that were being performed in this Lancet paper, and they were able to demonstrate the specific statistical analysis flaws that had been missed by the peer reviewers. Remember that during the COVID crisis, we have here clearly had a bias towards publishing material which supports the established narrative. And this is another case of this where the peer-reviewed process was soft and squishy, not rigorous. And so this skilled team that does this for a living and has for decades dived into this, was able to show the specific flaws in this paper uh, in which, uh, let's see, give you the title. You can download it from the website that uh, uh, was cited there. Uh, quantitative evaluation of whether the Nobel Prize winning COVID-19 vaccine actually saved millions of lives, published as a brief report in October 18, 2023. Uh, I'm sorry, October 08. So they were able to go through, find the specific statistical flaws, then correct them, then apply the correct statistical algorithms and work through their databases in which they were comparing Northern Hemisphere to Southern Hemisphere and different nation states. Right. But if this so had come out right. at the time, because this is back from, hang on, this is back from 22. It's a 31 million swing. Oh, upon further review, we didn't say 14 million lives. They actually had excess deaths of 17 million. This is not a small thing. This is like the heart of the matter. And the question gets to be, how can, I mean, is there criminal, you know, responsibility here? You say they made statistical, well, these guys are supposed to be experts that did the paper, and then you're supposed to have all these outside peer review people that did it. I mean, these people have to be exposed. I, I, this is so outrageous. 
and they sit there all day long on the other media and beat this audience up and beat. And this is why, folks, I want you up and this is one of the ones I want you up in people's grill about tomorrow over a drumstick and cranberry. Right. It's not time now to when they're giving you a stink eye about the vaccine. Right. And the effectiveness and, and, and you know, Pfizer's profits. Get up in the grill about this study. This cuts to the heart of what the problem is. This was the institutions and whose payroll they're on where to find out. Because this wasn't a hard thing for the new team to do. That's what I'm saying. It, it, they went through it in the basic statistical models and just eviscerated the first report, which is shocking in the fact that you had a world-class team that actually did it. And you supposedly had all these experts on peer review exactly in this field on statistical analysis that approved it. And it came out with one of the biggest brands out there, Lancet. Am I wrong in any of that? those assertions? No, it's correct. And we've seen similar things with the studies on hydroxychloroquine, the studies on ivermectin. Uh, the Neil, the, the uh, um, Imperial College uh, London School of Tropical Medicine modeling that asserted that we had 3.4% case fatality rate. And in fact, what we have is depending on who you ask, somewhere between 0.2 and 0.02% case fatality rate across all ages associated with the COVID virus, the SARS-CoV-2. That's another big lie. And all of these uh, egregious measures were justified based on a another faulty modeling. What we have, and this was something that Dennis Rancourt really pointed out in his lecture in a Bucharest uh, two days ago, was that we must have more rigorous independent analyses of these key uh, uh, mathematical models. His, his point was that what we had here were fundamental mathematical flaws and that there needs to be uh, some sort of mathematical team set up and that there needs to be some mathematical teams to uh, as to oversee these kinds of public health assertions that are again and again coming out wrong. And uh, you're, you're dead about, on, Steve, all through this. It's just been lie after lie after lie supported yeah. by bad men. <laughs> yeah, hang on. I'm going to hold you through the break. Hang on. It's one thing to make a mistake. This is not a mistake. This is not a mistake. If you read the new analysis that shows the fundamental flaws, somebody knew what was going on here. That's why they got to be held responsible. This is another outrage of the experts, of, of the your betters. Your betters. Because this audience is nothing but troglodytes, right? Incredible. Short break. Back in a moment. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, with more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every 10000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. 
Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Dr. Malone, there's this big piece in Vanity Fair on Wuhan. I'm going to get to that. I think um, uh, my colleague, uh, Natalie Winters, is going to get to that in the evening show tonight. I don't have time for it, but i got to go. You and I have talked about the Epoch Times has an amazing piece on the Army. They've missed their recruiting so hard. They're going back to now look at people they drove out of the military uh, that were unvaccinated. What is the I want to what's the importance of this of this conference in Romania in Bucharest? And I know you and I have talked about we need to have one here in the United States, even if it's by even if it's digitally sometime in the first quarter. There's something there's something quite important that's going on. And I want to make sure the audience knows, um, although we may not have it on every day, there's huge efforts underway, huge movement underway to get to the bottom of the pandemic, how, what the real, the real issue was. Uh, was this thing planned? Did people know about it? Is the CCP in back of it? And the whole issue with the vaccines and, and what the vaccines have actually done you know, with, with research and data and analysis. So tell me first about what happened in Romania, and then what can we look forward to if we try to? And I think you and I working together and other people will be able to have hopefully some sort of at least digital conference centered in Washington, D.C., in the in the first quarter of 2024. Uh, your thoughts, sir? Uh, I think that there's uh, I, I floated this and thank you, Steve, for your response in re, in response to advocacy by the uh, minority party in Romania that we take uh, the next step and have it in D.C. and focus more on the uh, political side of the covid crisis because their perception, and they're, they're carefully watching their polls, they have an election coming up this year also, they're currently polling at over 30%, but they only hold 10% of the seats. So they were the sponsors for this particular conference in Bucharest, in Ceausescu's palace. And uh, of all the ICS, this is the fourth International COVID Summit or Crisis Summit meeting that we've had, and this one really was strong. We, I mentioned the other data, but there were data from scientists all over the world and physicians uh, that are breaking this story open. And then we have the various disclosures now coming out of NIH. Uh, we had further reinforcement of the adulteration with the DNA fragments and the consequences of that. Ryan Cole presented uh, more data on the turbo cancers. And uh, there were Europeans there that were disclosing ahead of the official date letters coming from the European Medicines Agency, which indicate that uh, these vaccines are explicitly not licensed for the purpose of preventing infection or spread of the virus, according to the European Medicines Agency. And we also have disclosures coming out of thousands and thousands of deaths as official statements by various governments. So you're right, the thing is snowballing and people are understandably pissed off. 
particularly in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. Here in the United States, we continue to be bombarded by the mockingbird media that is censoring all of this, uh, but it's, it's getting increasingly hard to hide the truth. And uh, you mentioned the uh, Catherine Eben Vanity Fair story, which I think is an absolute must read. Uh, it's biased. Uh, I know Catherine well. Uh, Vanity Fair is uh, strongly anti-Trump, but still it's full of pearls. And we have additional stories concerning the uh, cover-ups that have occurred in, in NIH and NIAID chain of command. Uh, concerning the engineering of the virus. This is what the Select COVID Committee has been focused on. And now uh, we have more momentum on the House and Senate side to start to dive into the uh, tragedy. Really, many people are asserting the criminality of what has been imposed on the world with these, uh, quote, vaccine products that are neither safe nor effective. So uh, the thing I've got to bounce, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. The thinking is regarding this fifth summit to be held in D.C. that we really need to focus more on the political side of what's been going on. Well, no, this is what I want to get to. There's been uh, recommendations, I know, from Matt Gates and others to Speaker Johnson. One of the ways to start driving momentum on the COVID uh, on the COVID select committee is there should be a criminal referral right now on 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 Tony Fauci. What what are your thoughts on that? Dr. Malone, can you hear me? I think we just it just froze. Let's try to re, let's try to rebooting. Okay, let's try to re, I can't hear the he can't hear me. Okay. Um, we're having we've been having technical problems with Dr. Malone all day. Let's see if we can get him rebooted. If not, let's let's drop it and reboot it because I want to get his answer. Um, the um, th- we need momentum on the impeachment side. We need momentum on the select committee on COVID. We cannot let that go. When when you think about it, Biden is there seeing she she needs a bailout because the financial collapse of the real estate market in China. He needs more access to American capital. He needs more access to American technology. At the very moment, Roger Robinson, Frank Gaffney, and the Committee on the Present Danger actually gets the government pension fund, which is three-quarters of a trillion dollars, to, to their advisor, Aon, the, um, the uh, insurance company, is an advisor, recommends no more money into any funds. They're putting money into these companies in China and a huge win there, they have this meeting where they meet the 400 top uh, oligarchs, capitalist oligarchs, and they give a standing ovation to Xi. Not one mention, not one mention in any readout about uh, the Wuhan lab, not one, any mention of COVID. The thing that they did to stop Trump, it was a bioweapon. Now, I'm not saying it was released on purpose. I'm still of the, I'm still of the belief that it inadvertently escaped but they exacerbated the, the threat. Now, there's some people are saying, no, they absolutely uh, released this. So the point is nobody's, you know, the people in authority just want to look the other way. You can't do that, and we're not going to allow that to happen. I strongly believe that the select committee on the COVID have got to pick up the pace. There's just not enough sense of urgency. Should be working through the Thanksgiving holidays. I don't know why they're gone. They should work through Christmas. 
You've only got a year till the election comes up. Why, why is all this time off? I just don't get it. Where are the referrals on the COVID committee? It's just it, it, you're, they're dealing and they're doing solid work. So I want to say what they're, they're doing solid work, but uh, they're doing solid work, but it's not coming fast enough. It's not coming quickly enough. It's not enough of it. Dr. Moore, we're pressed for time, but my point to the com- about this committee, do you believe we have enough information right now to give a criminal referral uh, to, on Tony Fauci? I think we're there, and there's evidence that uh, the NIAID and NIH have been hiding information and deleting information actively. One thing about the COVID Select Committee is there's a number of physicians on it, and I hear from third parties that they're very hesitant to look into the vaccines because that might lead to, here comes that word, vaccine hesitancy. So one of the reasons they're pulling the punches and dragging their feet is that you've got a bunch of docs there that are afraid of what they might find. Unbelievable. Uh, Dr. Malone, your Substack, all your information, where do people go to get it? Thanks, Steve. rwmalonemd.substack.com and at rwmalonemd on uh, Truth Social, Getter, Gab, and X. Uh Thank you, sir. Honored to have you on here this morning. Thanks for carving time away. I know you're doing a big project with Epic Times, the best broadsheet in the nation. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having uh, me on. Do I have Joe Allen? Thanks, brother. Um, make sure you go get all of Dr. Malone's. This, the COVID Select Committee is going to pick up the pace. Let me just say that. And your audience, this focus by the audience is going to be quite important on this. Uh, in the coming days and weeks ahead. There's a lot There's a lot of information they have not made public yet, so there's a lot going on. Um, Semaphore has a big piece. I want to bring in Joe Allen. Uh, Joe, we got a couple of minutes on this side. I'm going to toss the ball to you, but folks, don't think this thing with Sam Altman is just a bunch of geeks uh, going at each other in, in, in Silicon Valley. This is quite important because it cuts down, it cuts to the heart of one of the issues we have. Artificial intelligence has so much potential to assist mankind, but it's got also unbelievable potential to quickly get out of control and to overwhelm mankind. Uh, and if you know, if you're looking at this, people should be thinking about how you mitigate risk. This board fissure, Altman's hired back now. Microsoft, and this is consolidated power and basically four companies on artificial intelligence. It's happened very quickly. Walk me through. Uh, the Rationalist, as, as Semaphore Magazine has a piece up, calling, they refer to all of us that are concerned about this as the actual rationalist versus the accelerationist. Uh, walk through, uh, Joe, uh, what's the issue here? Why is it important? we got a minute on this side. I'm going to bring you back. Well, Steve, they call them the rationalists, but I think the more popular and uh, perhaps more accurate is uh, effective altruists. And the whole concept is that any technology that is being deployed should benefit the most possible, the, the largest possible proportion of people and any technology that threatens humankind or even uh, the majority of humankind uh, should be suppressed or at least delayed until it's been refined. And so what does that mean in this, in this board fight that turned out to be a struggle between people who want to go forward no matter what the risks are as quickly as possible for power and for profit versus those who are saying, hey, we've got to slow down and really think this thing through? Well, you've got Sam Altman. You've got Greg Brockman. Uh, those were the two who uh, left initially. 
Uh, apparently, uh, as of the latest report, Sam Altman is back and the board itself is going to be removed. Uh, but it's really a, a battle, Steve, not unlike communists versus capitalists. It's a battle between those who want to accelerate at all costs and those who want to decelerate at all costs. Hang on for one second. We're going to take a short break and dive down on this. I think we're trying to get Charlie Kirk up. We've also got uh, MSNBC is touting again Mike Davis as Attorney General. We're going to get into all of that here on the day before Thanksgiving in the War Room. Okay, Environ Cleanse never does this. They just announced a massive Black Friday discount. Let me tell you why this is important. EnviroCleanse is predicting another triple-demic this year, and the best way to fight a cold or flu is not to get it. That's why I got EnviroCleanse for the war room, the new science in home air purification. The reason is that they are uh, approved by the Pentagon. They're approved by the Department of Defense for Navy combatants. When I was a young ensign and an auxiliary engineer, the uh, air purification came under my auspices, and I can tell you that this is the product that you want because it qualifies to be used on a Navy combatant. EnviroCleanse, the military-grade technology, wipes out bacteria, toxins, and mold that can make you sick. That's why the Navy chose it, to protect the air on board our Navy ships. Get EnviroCleanse for your home. It's available now for your home with that technology. And do it before a virus takes your whole family down. Right now, you can save 35% during their Black Friday sale. Plus, get fast, free shipping. Visit ekpure.com. That's EK for EnviroCleanse. ekpure.com and use promo code STEVE35 for 35% off. That's ekpure.com, code STEVE35 for the 35% discount. They've never done this before, so take advantage of it. ekpure.com, action, action, action. I said it is bringing back Sam Altman, as CEO, just days after they forced him out. Meanwhile, Elon Musk facing a legal battle and mass exodus of advertisers over reports that X promoted pro-Nazi ad content on its platform. NBC's Christine Romans has more. Hey, there are two big names in tech and a whole lot of drama. This morning, we're learning more about Altman's big return. After- okay, um, Altman's returned under my... Okay, so for this audience, let's cut to the chase. It's, and I know this is going to shock you, but the most irresponsible people in the world now control AI. Let me repeat that. The most irresponsible people in the world, and that is these uh, geeks in Silicon Valley that hate populism. They consider you to be excess baggage on uh, on the carrying capacity of the earth. This is a whole crowd is in back of the sustainability, all of it. You got Gates and Microsoft. You have the Chinese uh, agent, Elon Musk, at Twitter. You have the worst guys, the guys at Google. Uh, and then you have Amazon. Those four entities right now, through subsidiaries, they control artificial intelligence. They control the development of artificial intelligence and, most important, the acceleration. I'm not trying to be Cassandra here, but I've seen this in others' weapons technology. Remember, right now, we've had a bioweapon. Whether, whether you believe the CCP did it or they did it in conjunction with Fauci, the University of North Carolina, 
we had a biological weapons attack on the world, leading with the United States with the COVID-19. We have a chemical warfare attack right now going in this country with fentanyl. Fentanyl is nothing more than a chemical warfare attack on the United States, killing more people in a year than we lost in all the Vietnam War fiasco. Artificial intelligence, and by the way, we have nuclear weapons, obviously a big threat. But as I've always said, social media and now artificial intelligence are actually greater threats than even nuclear weapons. People say, Steve, how can you say that? Because you can control entire populations. The artificial intelligence and particularly the inextricably linked nature with the Pentagon. And remember, all of these companies I just mentioned are huge contractors uh, for, the, for the Pentagon. Now, Musk does it in a slightly different way. But those four companies and those, those individuals, groups of individuals, I know the fanboys are going to say, well, Elon, that's terrific. He made, you know, he threw a, he throws a couple of uh, uh, Jewish hate things out there, so we love him. All the fanboys say that. No, 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 no. He's one of the instigators in back of the standing ovation for the 400, of the 400 was she. He's completely and totally bought and paid for by the Chinese Communist Party because they finance him. Not, all, not, a, not a th- anything else he does is not cash flow positive. Gets his cash out of the joint venture with the CCP and Tesla. And that's how you can margin his stock. That's where his, that's where his source of capital is, the Chinese Communist Party. And when those lads put a penny into something, they control it. They control it. Uh, Joe, you've got the rationalists now or the effective uh, altruist, as you give the fancy you know, Silicon Valley term. But this is quite important. I want you to tell in this audience, in your personal life, this is going to have a mass. What's happened in the last 72 hours. And, oh, the top it off. Larry Summers, you know, the running dog for uh, for the Clinton regime and the running dog as a, you know, partially for Obama. Larry Summers is now on the board. That's the parental supervision you got. Uh, he did such a great job at Harvard. Um, how what's the impact you see? Because they're they're right now. The acceleration is one. They're putting them pedal to the metal on this thing and a land grab to see who can get there first and devil take the hindmost. Joe Allen. Yeah, the accelerationists and the effective altruists or rationalists, those are the extreme ends. They're the ones saying the accelerationists putting forward the idea AI leads to utopia. The altruists or rationalists saying that it could destroy everyone. But in the middle, you have the practical impacts of this. And these companies, Microsoft especially, but these companies want to insert artificial intelligence in every possible institution in society. That begins with education. It moves on to medicine. They want AI doctors. Uh, That moves on to psychotherapy. That moves on to social media. They want AIs to both control speech on social media and to some extent for generative AI to actually generate the speech on social media. That goes all the way up to the military industrial complex where you have accelerationists arguing that you should have lethal autonomous weapons that are able to identify targets, human targets, and decide whether or not they are a a, a legitimate target to kill. They want killer robots in essence. So in all of these different spheres, we have the people in the middle who are going to increasingly see sort of digital and and algorithmic minds uh, being placed in positions of authority, whether it's your doctor trying to diagnose your, your, your ailment, or whether it is a child trying to answer an academic question, or whether it is a soldier uh, 
faced with an opponent and an AI is supposed to be a higher authority, a better decision maker than him. And so as we move into this, it becomes, in essence, the sort of technocratic dystopia or at least a very undesirable sociological state wherein human agency is overridden by digital minds. That is the goal of the accelerationists. And honestly, Steve, that's the goal of the opposing side, the altruists. It's just they want to do it slower. Exactly. Uh, real quickly, how close are we, do you believe right now, with this billions of dollars coming to research, the, the rush to AGI, which is kind of the God brain, right? Artificial general intelligence on the horizon. How, how long do you think before we get there? I'm very skeptical of any of the claims, to be honest, but I do think that something like an AGI is probably going to emerge in the next 10 years. Uh, and maybe within five years, you have one of these companies saying, OK, we've done it. It doesn't mean they've done it, but yeah. it does mean more than likely they've created something that they think is worthy of yeah. authority. And I, I suspect that that situation wherein they actually claim at least that they have some artificial godlike intelligence, I think that's very likely in the coming years, within five. Uh, Joe, real quickly on your – by the way, that means humanity, you're on the clock, <laughs> okay? You're on the clock now in the, in the, in the uh, because once you got AGI, I don't know how you pull this thing back, and this is where it's all going. The accelerationists have won there's going to be nothing that controls these people right now. The acceler and they're in a mad land grab against each other, right? To double down and triple down, they have unlimited capital to put into this thing. Um, and with the stock price is going to go up on this, they're going to raise more capital. This is really going to be something. This is signal, not noise. Uh, where can they? You've got some big events coming up. Walk people through where they can get you. And I really want to thank the Warren Posse for the great, great show of enthusiasm. Uh, coming out and seeing Joe, I know you guys learned a lot. Uh, where, where are we going to go next? Uh, next stop is uh, Los Angeles, California, the Lux Hotel on Sunset Boulevard. That's December 2nd. You can find the uh, links for tickets on my social media at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z uh, or my website, JoeBot.XYZ. And then after that, December 15th to Larry, California, Reawaken Tour. And then, of course, I'll be joining you guys at AmFest. Uh, I believe that's December 16th, 17th, and 18th. So a big event coming up, though, the December 2nd Lux Hotel on Sunset Boulevard with the American Freedom Alliance. Big thank you to Karen Siegman. Karen Siegman, great job. Make sure everybody in L.A. goes check it out. Classy place, classy person in Karen and a classy organization in AFA. Uh, Joe, we'll let you go back to work. Thank you for jumping in and, and, and walking us through this battle in Silicon Valley and the impact it's going to have on the War Room Posse in MAGA. Uh, Joe's going to join us out at AmFest. We're going to be there for the entire uh, 16th to the 19th, and we're going to be doing tons of side events and want everybody in the War Room Posse to go there and check it out right now. I want to bring in Charlie Kirk. Uh, Charlie, Walk us through, this is, I think, the biggest one you've ever put on. You've put on a couple, three big ones for the, the speaker's roster is the best I've ever seen. Walk us through what people can anticipate and well, why should they show up. 
Yeah. So Steve, we thank you by the way. And I'm loving the show lately, Steve. I, I watch every morning and you know, when you get into economics and you just riff, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough act to follow Steve. I gotta be honest, you know, to, to raise the ra- you're you raising a, the bar you here a, on real you, America's voice, but I love it. You do, you, 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 you and Pasobic do a pretty good job. I got to give a hat to you. You do a pretty good job. Well, we, you know, so at, at Amfest, by the way, Steve, we got to get a picture of all three of us together. We got to do something because Done. that, I mean, eventually Done. media matters once they, you know, get through their fight, they got to realize <laughs> that the Bannon Kirk Poso uh, triumphant is kind of anchoring the middle of the day. I mean, you got that, that's, that, that's a story waiting to be written. Right. So, um, but no, we have a day of Five action at Amfest and Steve, you're our keynote. We can't wait. No, yeah, five hours of something, I'll tell you. Uh, and by the way, then you got another two hours you do in the <laughs> afternoon. We can't keep up with you, Steve. But no, um, AmFest is going to be amazing. I'm going to go through some of the speakers. But on Sunday, it's our day of action, which I thought it was perfect. Action, action, action. Steve, you are our keynote on that day. We have amazing speakers on on that specific day. Don Jr., um, we have Josh Hawley, we have Vivek coming down. Hopefully, we have the president. We're working on that. Um, and then also, you see some of these other speakers we have that's more in our educational programming. Uh, Roseanne Barr, Tucker Carlson, Candace Owens, Rob Schneider, Patrick Bet David, Ben Carson, Dennis Prager, Yami Park. I mean, you are right. Uh, this is a second to none um, lineup. But, you know, Steve, you and I both do our shows out there in kind of the general mezzanine. And I love it. I love meeting everybody, taking pictures. You know, we're there for a couple hours. Uh, War Room, I know you guys are going to have a whole setup. Rav is going to have a beautiful booth there. Um, so we want to have the entire War Room posse from the country, but especially the Southwest, and even more specifically from Arizona, come on by, use promo code War Room. Uh, and, and Steve, you've now done this. It The, the energy, it fills you up, right? Because there's just... There's a lot of heaviness right now. I mean, here you are. You're talking yeah. about super weapons with Joe Allen. I mean, it's good to be around fellow patriots, right? Uh, we cannot forsake yeah. the gathering of believers. That's what the scriptures say. And Amfest is about believers in the country, believers in faith and freedom. Um, and honestly, you know, Steve, we're giving you the keys to the kingdom. However many, you know, breakouts you need and all that. And I think it's so important because I think the breakouts in some ways are even more powerful. Main stage stuff is awesome. Great. You know, gets all the headlines, the pizzazz, all that stuff. But, you know, when you get a couple hundred people in the room and they're asking specific questions and Steve, I, I got this from you and I totally agree. I can't keep up with the audience. You know, they're coming up to me at these events no, and they're, no you know, they're, they're doing <laughs> they're annotations to the creature, you know, creature, creature from Jekyll <laughs> Island. And I say, my goodness, you know, the, <laughs> they're the best. And Charlie, how do you, how do we use it I, I, as a springboard? They're the best. They're the best. How do we use this as a springboard for 2024? What I love about it is the timing. It's right before the Christmas holidays, whenever I can take a break. But how is this a springboard into the most decisive year in modern American history? Yeah, especially on the Day of Action brought to you by Turning Point Action. Uh, the media is coming. We have over 120 media outlets, Steve, coming. That's even more than we had over the summer where you gave that incredible speech. Um, and, you know, we had Donald Trump there. They're going to try to make a – here's my current theory, Steve. Uh, with the Bob Vander Plaats endorsement, with the Kim Reynolds endorsement, uh, the media is salivating for a primary right now. Uh, the fact that Donald Trump is dominating the way he is right now uh, in the primary is a big threat to their plans. A lot of what they 
thought was going to happen in 2023 was that Donald Trump was going to be in a five or six or seven point race and it was going to be nasty and rancor and debates. They're going to try to resurrect that with everything they possibly can. Um, so we're going to do a straw poll at Amfest and you better believe that's going to be a very well covered straw poll. Who's in, you know, who's the leader? What, what, what do we think about this primary? What do we think about, you know, the RNC partnering with NBC, but more importantly, Steve, the primary Donald Trump's going to win. We need to focus on precinct committeemen, ballot chasing, securing our elections. We need to make sure that every single person yes. that comes through turning point action. And Steve, I know you're going to do this. They have their marching orders. What, what is your duty? What yes. is your obligation? And it's going to be more than watching war room, Charlie Kirkshaw and Jack Posobiec. That's great. That's important. Big time. But guys, we need the specific marching orders. I'm going to own my neighborhood, for example. So you come to Amfest, you listen to Steve Bannon, you hear Don Jr. I'm going to own my precinct. We'll talk more after the break, but the website is amfest.com, A-M-F-E-S-T.com. Amazing. A short commercial break. Charlie Kirkson joins us on the other side. Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day. I wouldn't want to live without it. This is nutrition the way nature intended. I get way more energy. My skin looks better. It helps with my digestion. I just feel better and healthier overall. That's how I knew Field of Greens was working for me. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. And with flu season here, I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy, not some vaccine. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. I got you at 15% off your first order and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Do it today. Use your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, birchgold.com slash Bannon. Go there, check it out today. Make sure you get all the information of why the BRICS nations are buying gold at record rates. You may want to ask Philip Patrick and the team when you go, why has gold been a hedge against turbulent times for 5,000 years? Just get the answer. Get a hot mug of Warpath coffee by going to warpath.coffee. Sit in a corner and think. Just think. Think it through. You're, this is, uh, you're free men and women. This is about self-reliance. Uh, and on the Monday, uh, Friday Black Mark, uh, the Black um, Friday show on Friday, we're going to talk to all the entrepreneurs that support the uh, war room. And you get to hear their stories. What we're trying to do is inspire you to be an entrepreneur, to go out and do it. Uh, and it's going to be incredible. The good folks we have are just absolutely incredible. Tomorrow, I've got Dr. Larry Swikert. We're going to be on to go through the really the. Uh, uh, Thanksgiving, the history of it, President Lincoln's uh, involvement in it, uh, the first Thanksgiving, all of it. So you guys will I know will love it. Will love it. Charlie, you're one of the best entrepreneurs I know. Uh, talk to me once again about Amfest. Uh, you've put together the best slate of speakers. You're going to breakout sessions. This is all about empowerment. The only way we win in 2024, the only way we take mm -hmm. the country back, is the populist movement, the MAGA movement. Talk to me about why it is more important than ever to come to conferences like this, to be, meet, to network, and to get empowered. 
Yeah, three things come to mind, and thank you, Steve. The first of which is we need a battle plan. I mean, we need to get the right minds in the room. And I know you and I, Steve, we're planning some private time together with you know the guys that really get it, Jack Posobiec, Tyler Boyer, you know, the people that are actually doing the work, not just you know talking. And we need to whiteboard some stuff out, right? We need to go one, if not this, then this, like chess moves. That how the left operates with us. There's no plan right now, unfortunately. We 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 need to figure out the RNC situation. We need to figure out the data situation because you know the clock is ticking right. Now, the bad guys are going to spend billions of dollars. Arabella advisors, Mark Elias, they are in full offense mode and they're freaking out. And we have we can only we can only bring our superstar so far. I mean, we have Donald Trump, who is a one man, you know, supernatural turnout machine, which is we can only count on that so far. If we do even a little bit of the work, we're going to win in 2024. We are going to win. We got to worry about ballot access, though. They're going to try to kick them off the ballot, put them in prison, all that sort of stuff. The second thing, though, is hope and encouragement. Uh, our rank and file, the War Room Posse and those that watch our program, I understand that it's it's tempting to despair. Got to cut that out. Coming to AmFest, you get filled with hope. You get filled with optimism. You get filled with energy. You get filled with spirit. It's amazing to see the uh, passion from the rank and file. And then you get to meet Steve. You get to meet us. You get to meet Jack. You get to ask the questions. You get to do all that sort of stuff. And then finally, the third thing, which I think is important, is the next generation piece, Steve, which is you know the vast majority of people attending these events are going to be under the age of 25. And Steve, I've loved your kind of um, pattern of what you're talking about. One of the main thrusts of your recent dialogues have been, hey, if you're under 30, you're a Russian surf man. That's that's not a political statement, by the way. That is resonating with younger people and younger voters. Steve, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. The polling is showing this and what we're doing on campus is showing this. And again, there's going to be a lot of shenanigans and stuff. I think we can do historically well. I'm not saying we're going to win, but historically well with younger voters under the age of 35. They don't own anything. They're being pummeled by the regime. They're getting destroyed. So, Steve, all those things across the board. And just again, look at those speakers, Tucker Carlson, Roseanne Barr, Rob Schneider, Glenn Beck, Candace Owens, Patrick, Bet David, and then you're on our day of action. That's Sunday. It's the primetime day. It's all about 2024, Donald Trump, MAGA, learning from 2020, learning from 2022. It's going to be amazing, Steve. By the way, one of the parts of the hope, and, and to put aside despair, is the fact that you've got the old warriors and you've got some of the war and posse coming, and you see the energy of these young people. You, you, will, you will be empowered and... Uh, thrilled about the direction of America and saving this republic when you combine both groups and it's amazing. Yep. That's I tell you this Ampfest and the size the scale of it. The scale of it will blow you away. It's it's the biggest thing I've ever seen. Look at those speakers over a couple of days. Then you got breakouts, you have you have booze, you have you'll get access to to literature, to books, to to merchandise, to everything. And you get to network. The one thing everybody takes away is not just seeing the show live or hanging out. It's your networking. You're seeing like minded people and that empowers people. Charlie, I know you get get ready for the noon show. You guys are on fire there, and uh, I gotta really appreciate you guys. The the effort of your team over Turning Point to put this on the scale it is right before the holidays, right before Christmas is fantastic. So, thank you, brother. Can't wait to see you down there. God bless, Steve. See you. Thanks, brother. Really want to thank uh, Rob and Parker Sig and the team at Real America's Voice. I mean, the um, RAV will be there. Uh, you'll have the Charlie Kirk show. You have Poso. We'll be doing the afternoon shows. It's just incredible, and the uh, and the way we do it live is just uh, it's just absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, back here at uh, at at five, 
Uh, we're going to go through. I didn't get to. I didn't get to the MSNBC breakdown of the cabinet. They're doing it again. They're they are, ob- <laughs> they're obsessed with Mike Davis and our folks here at the War Room that are making all the efforts, setting the policy, getting focused on taking over the uh, government and deconstructing the administrative state. They're they're melting now because they understand we have the ability to break the uniparty, the globalist, the oligarchs, uh, basically hold on Washington D.C. Also, E.J. Antoni is going to join me. There's a bunch of financial data we have to go through. I want to make sure you fully understand it uh, before the holidays, so we're going to get to that. The 5 o'clock show is going to be on fire. Charlie Kirk's up next. You get a couple hours of populist nationalism served up hot. Then you've got the one and only Jack Posobiec. I think Posobiec, I hope he's going to say a few words. Posobiec's doing reviews now of the movie Napoleon. He was one of the first guys to see it. Uh, you'll get to hear, I think, hopefully today, he'll give a few comments. I know they talked about it a little bit last night, I think, on Rumble. Um, Tomorrow, our special that we always do on Thanksgiving, Dr. Schweikert's uh, going to uh, be with us. I'm going to play what the left thinks about it. They don't call it Thanksgiving. They want to call it uh, the Truth Day, Truth Giving, uh, this whole thing about we're occupiers. Uh, they trash the, uh, the pilgrims. They trash the uh, folks at Jamestown, the pioneers, the frontiersmen, the people that actually built this uh, country out of a, uh, out of a vast wilderness. Uh, so we'll talk about that this afternoon to tee up tomorrow. Then on Friday, we're going to have the entrepreneurs. We're trying to, and this is one of the great things about coming to AmFest. You're going to meet so many entrepreneurs, so many entrepreneurs are making it happen. Remember, the MAGA movement is predicated upon entrepreneurial uh, capitalism, not finance capitalism. We're the total opposite of state-controlled uh, Wall Street finance capitalism. It's the energy of entrepreneurs. And you're going to meet some great folks on uh, on our Black Friday uh, special. So anyway, this afternoon, we'll be back here 5 to 7. The show will be on fire. Until then, uh, make sure that you go to our uh, Getter account, totally free. Our app is totally free. Bill Blaster, totally free. Getter's totally free. I'm putting up analysis, comments, and coming in a little hot every now and again. Grace Chung and Captain Bannon come a little hot, too. Jane Zirkel, so you can check it all out. Download Getter. Do it today. See you back here at 5 o'clock. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.